Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 920. We're going solo. We're gonna get personal with Eric Cacciatore coming at you. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Pop Menu. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like, can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. Prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get your $100 off for your first month and to learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. With excitement, <laughs> allow me to introduce to you today's guest, the founder and CEO of Restaurant Unstoppable, Eric Cacciatore. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am feeling unstoppable for the record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, man. Um, thanks for leading that. But was kind of hoping to have more of a plan going into today, to today's conversation. But the truth is inside of me. And uh, hopefully you can uh, coax it out of me and kind of share the story of what's going on. Um, been kind of a whirlwind the past couple of months. Not a lot of craziness happening externally, but a lot internally. Been going inward a lot lately, trying to figure out what the future looks like, staying true to the mission, staying true to what I've said I, I would do in the past, you know, trying to have that integrity and following through with what I say I do. But things are good, man. Things are super fucking exciting, if I'm being completely honest. And it's you you spend so much time dreaming for more and to grow and to grow and then growth starts to happen, and then you don't take into consideration how scary growth can be. Yes, I agree. Yeah, man. So that's kind of what's going on. Um, where do you think it makes sense to start going back? We should explain what we're doing today. Yeah. The agenda is just every once in a while we do getting personal with Eric Cacciatore just to kind of give my listeners an idea of where we're at and where we're going, uh, what's new, taking moments of pause. Uh, and that's kind of what's happening today. So I haven't published an episode since August 25th. Uh, so I want to let my listeners know that we're all all right. You know, that's intentional. Uh, and then to kind of talk about the future of Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, also reflect on the past two years to talk about where why we are where we are um yeah so i mean should we i feel like i should have made an agenda for today's conversation but i also kind of trust you i mean you're kind of a little uh podcast aficionado yourself you've yeah. published almost how many episodes of your own since starting with the restaurant unstoppable my own podcast yeah. like mm, close to 200 wow so yeah. yeah man um you can lead the conversation i'm in good company so um Basically, where we're at, uh, I like to say every once in a while, you have to slow down to speed up. And we're in one of those phases right now. Uh, we're slowing down. I've always wanted to build a team around Restaurant Unstoppable and to lean on the strengths of other individuals. I always 
you know, I think I'm good at what I do. I'm a great interviewer. I'm very curious. I'm good at getting people to open up, but there's a lot of attention to detail of things that I could be much better about when it comes to running a, a restaurant or running a, a restaurant business podcast, uh, running a podcast. Uh, the attention to detail has never been my forte. Um, if I was in a restaurant, I'd be the front of house guy. I'd be the visionary. I'd be the, the relationships person. I'd be the recruiter, you know, and I feel like that's who I am here. And I'm trying to surround myself with technicians, people like yourself, the glue, people that hold things, the, the people that hold things together and kind of put things where they belong and maintain standards and keep, keep a thumb on me really. And you do a great job at that. And then there's other technicians like Sam, uh, Sam, sabandsam.com. You guys have probably heard me mention their name. Uh, Sam is signing up for a year. That's the goal. That's super exciting. So we had a six month trial. That was awesome. And we're leaning into shit, dude. We're, we're going to be going. So does it make sense to talk about the future or the past? We should start by talking about the past leading up to this moment and then what we're going to do in the future. Yeah. So I think the last time I, I got personal with Eric was that that was at my apartment, you and I, right? Yeah, that was... I had intended on listening to that episode before today to kind of see if I'm online with what I said I'm going to do. I think at that point we were focusing more on the network. So what's happened over the past two years since 2020 uh, during the beginning of the pandemic, obviously where I was before the pandemic, I wanted to do more on-site interviews. I was in the process of moving to Austin, Texas, where I was going to be centrally located in the country where I'd be able to get to the East coast or the West coast in a day and a half drive. And my goal was to go to 100% on-site interviews. Obviously with the pandemic that, changed that wasn't a possibility and i also had to pivot and adapt the business to survive where all my sponsors were starting to pull during that time because their cash flow dried up yeah so correct me if i'm wrong that was the catalyst to start the restaurant unstoppable network which has kind of been our focus for the past two years yeah so uh at this time when i i moved to austin texas i landed in Casey uh, Hensley, the founder of In the Weeds, uh, which is a, a community for service professionals, said, hey, I have a room you can crash here. That was going to be three months to give me time to find my own apartment. Three months came up around the time the pandemic started to swell, and the other roommate moved out to be with his mom. So basically, there was an open room, and he said, you could stay here. So it was around that time where I'm like, I'm not going to be traveling. Um, I need to f- continue to publish content. I need to create other channels of revenue. Uh, and I live with a community manager, an online community manager. And he, Casey, was showing a lot of interest in joining Restaurant Unstoppable. So that's where we were. It kind of just seemed to be the right thing to do. So I wasn't going to have the cash flow from sponsorship. So I needed to pivot and focus on creating another channel of revenue, i.e. a membership site, i.e. Restaurant Unstoppable Network. And the idea behind the network has always been to follow up and go deeper. Like we're interviewing people. What tools and services are they recommending? What individuals are they recommending? And how can we use the network to literally connect my past guests, the leading restaurant tours from across the, the nation together, connect my guests with my listeners and connect my listeners with my guests and the tools and services they're recommending on the show and to create community in communal learning around that. Yeah, I feel like we should emphasize that it wasn't, we didn't just create the network simply to tap into another revenue stream. I think it's something that 
you were thinking about? It was out before? of necessity, if I'm being honest. I mean, it was something I always wanted to do, but right. there was an opportunity where I was forced to focus on something else. Okay. And it just felt right. Like this is another, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's like, like a restaurant. You're, you're trapped working in your business. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've been for most of the 10 years I've been running restaurant unstoppable. I'm just starting to get to the point where I have my cups overflowing and that additional revenue is going towards people like Sam, like giving you a raise to keep you to stick around. Uh, and then having like Casey come on, um, to be a full-time manager. So yeah. Um, and so I feel like maybe I can help you in terms of like one of the things regarding the network that leads into what we're going to do in the future was, the guests in the network events were amazing. All the events we had were amazing, but I think you have said this before and other people I think would agree that there's a little bit of the podcasting magic that's lost when you do zoom interviews, which I think anyone would agree that that's true. If you're trying to communicate uh, extremely important information, you can certainly do it through zoom, but it's convenient. It's super convenient. But for like the, the kind of content, the kind of conversations that restaurant unstoppable is trying to have and share with the world we believe that they are better and we think that our audience would agree that it's better when it's in person. So there's value in the network. The network, the plan I believe is to continue with the network, but we kind of, we've kind of realized over the last two years that on-site interviews are where the magic happens. Yes. So there's, like I said, value in the network, but when it comes to what we started doing, the podcast, we believe that it's better to be 100% on-site. The goal is always for me to, to have been 100% on site. Uh, and honestly speaking, I feel like I'm, my, my cup fills up more when I'm in person. I, I enjoy what I do more when I'm sitting across the table from somebody. Uh, and it's not to say that I don't value my relationships in the network or appreciate connecting with the active individuals in the network regularly. I love the people that are in the network. I just need to sit across the table from somebody. That's what makes me happy. That's, I mean, if I was, if I was opening a restaurant tomorrow, my role would be host. I would be engaging with people in person. Yeah. And that's what I need to be happy. And that's where I think I have a unique strength and talent. And I want to lean into my core focus. So this idea of core focus has been echoing in my life. Uh, I'm a huge fan of traction, by Gino Wickman. Going to be getting Gino on the show next month. We're going to be going to uh, Detroit or just outside Detroit to get Gino on the show. Um, but in that book, he talks about your core focus. We had Matt Rolf on the show talking about you can't do it alone. Also talking about the importance of having your core focus. And it's something that I echo a lot on the show when talking about restaurants. Do one thing really well. Don't try to be everything to everybody. Find a niche, own it, and do it better than anybody put all of your energy into doing a few things really well. So if I'm taking my own advice, if I'm reflecting on where we're at with restaurant unstoppable with what we got going on between the network with all the online events and then the, the traveling and trying to go to 100%. Um, well, trying to, to add an, that overlay of videography and doubling down and going 100% on site. Holy shit, man. It's, it's, you know, it was a lot going on. So if I had to choose, my choice is to focus just on the on-site interviews where my core focus is network building. So where I was before was network managing, where I was managing all the events, communicating everything. And it's a lot of work. So any questions up to this point? 
you're basically describing why you have come to the realization that you need a team, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. you, you literally can't do it alone. Yeah, and uh, I've always wanted a team, but the cash flow wasn't there to support the team. Okay, and we're at this point right now where I'm trying to double down on sponsorship, I'm trying to pre-sell a whole year of ad space to to get liquid to get us on the road to capture content like we've never done before, way more intimate, not just the hour and a half, the two hour long conversation, but we're on site. We're in your restaurant. I have a videographer with me. What were you mentioning during the conversation that we can get behind the scenes footage of? How can we go deeper? Uh, There's just so much opportunity. And that's really what I want to do is make an impact and go deeper and slow down and focus on doing one thing really well on-site interviews. That being said, I think that there's still a ton of value in a, a space, a digital space for my listeners to come together, to connect with each other and to connect with the, the tools and services and individuals being referred and recommended to us on the show. So, cause that's the mission is to, to pay it forward. I, I think there needs to be a, a place for that to happen beyond just the stage that is restaurant stoppable podcast. Right. So do we pivot about, do we start talking about the future now? Is that what makes sense? Um, yeah. Maybe explain, like, tell us when you first got the idea to approach sponsors for a full year sponsorship, video included. Like, when did you first get that idea? So I'm going to try to talk about sponsorships and I, if it was up to me, I'd be 100 percent transparent and just like say exactly what's happening. But I also want to respect the privacy of my sponsors. Uh, so I'm going to be speaking in detail, but also vaguely at the same time. Right. So basically what we did, um, my, my mission statement is to inspire, empower and transform the industry. But my personal mission as the host of restaurant stoppable is to have the most trusted resource, the most trusted podcast out there. And the way we create that trust is through word of mouth marketing and paying attention to the data. So we're out there, we're unearthing all this advice and these leads into what it takes to be unstoppable in the restaurant industry. And we prioritize those leads, the most recommended tools and services that are being, you know, referred to us on the show. And if I had a restaurant, the way I would build that trust is by using and partnering with the tools that were in my restaurant. Say like, I, I believe in these tools so much that I use them myself, but I don't have a restaurant. So it's hard for me to, to do that. And that's what a lot of other podcasters do if they're trying to build trust. But I can use the tools and services my guests are using or, or partner with those, those companies my guests are using. So what we did is I had you go through every episode and list the most recommended tools in descending order. Mm-hmm. And we went to the first number one tool. Their budget was cut there for the rest of the year. They said no. Went to the second most recommended tool. They said yes. Uh, our goal is to get three sponsors for the entire year. And we're, our goal is to basically raise uh, $150,000 on top of the 150000 that we earned for audio only in the past. So we, we're trying to match audio in video. Yeah, and real quick, I just want to butt in here. So basically, we were doing video, as you may know if you're a listener. We were doing video. It was done completely by just me and Eric. And so we're doing we're doing what we were doing before but extremely elevated through the means of people like Sam Hall. Yeah. He's like a professional yes. at 
videography and filming and all these things that we kind of lack because we're stuck in it. I do all the audio editing, all that stuff. So in order to make it professional, that's why we were seeking basically additional funds because you have, in order to get someone as talented and skilled as Sam, you have to pay them a reasonable sum of money. And I I talked to, I think we brought it up in the last meeting talking about money. I mean, once I got to about the 60, $70,000 a year range, that's when I was like, okay, I don't need any more. I can pay off my debts, but at least the minimum payments. I can live in a comfortable setting. This is the first time we're recording in my new apartment, uh, you know, where I have office space. I have a dining room. I have, a, you know what I'm saying? So, like, this is what I need. Now, the, whatever is in excess is going back to building this team. And Sam, um, for a whole year, is going to be $60,000. And that sounds like a lot, but he's being, I think he's being generous. You know, that's a good deal for what he's going to be doing, traveling two episodes a week. And it's not just what he's doing, but the knowledge he has. Yes. Like he just knows how to execute good YouTube practices and all that stuff. Even further than that, he is a restaurant person. Prior to starting his business, SavinSam.com, where he focuses on videography and his wife focuses more on the social media, he was managing restaurants and some of the finest restaurants in Iowa. Uh, he was part of the Big Grove Restaurant Group, where we had uh, Ben and Matt on the show and Eric representing that that restaurant group. And those were great episodes. So he, he comes from great restaurant lineage. He mm-hmm. was a partner in other restaurants when he left that restaurant group. So like not only does he know videography and YouTube and, and content creation, he knows restaurants and he's going to yeah. be a co-producer. Like we're going to start collaborating on this. So I'm super excited to be having him. And I, and I cannot wait for the future of restaurant unstoppable. So basically the pitch to these sponsors is listen, we don't have the video traffic yet, but we're doubling down and we're going to, and we're looking to, basically have you take a risk on us. And I recognize that my sponsors are, are taking a risk, but it's, I feel like they they took a risk on the podcast and that's been working out for them. So um, where we're at now is we're basically asking sponsors to take a risk, uh, a $50,000 risk. Cause we're looking for three sponsors to raise $150,000. And so I, I was telling the story, went to the first sponsor. They had to turn it down because their, their budget wasn't there. Second sponsor said, yes, um, originally we were going for one sponsor at a hundred thousand dollars. That was the goal. And then I started to realize that uh, to raise a hundred thousand plus dollars with one sponsor or maybe two might not be possible with where we're at. So my sponsors are cool with sharing the ad space with three or two other sponsors. So now we're looking for three sponsors to, to come in at $50,000 for the video ad space. Yes. And in my mind, I was like, this is to answer your question. How did you come up with the idea to do three sponsors for the whole year was the yeah. question. I think I was laying in bed and I was like, why not just sell bundle all the video and audio ad space? Because the value, what, what my sponsors want is the audio. Cause that's where we're getting four to 5,000 downloads per episode. That's where the value is. And that's where I have trust built. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I'm going to sell the video, I need to sell it on top of the audio and I need to package everything in a really great deal. So basically I'm guaranteeing 3,800 downloads per episode when the content that I'm publishing today is likely to clear 5,000 downloads an episode. If my sponsors purchase 104 episodes at once right, 
or approximately what would that be? it's about a hundred it's about one hundred and five thousand dollars. Yeah. Another thing Eric is doing is he is uh, removing a significant task in the world of podcasting for himself, which means that rather than emailing sponsors all year, yes, he doesn't have to do that at One all. One and done. Exactly. I'd rather work with three people or, th- or three companies that that are the most recommended on the show. So now I'm not even feel like I feel like I'm selling anything, but like I believe in these tools, you know, and that's a bit, that's always been really important to me is that it's not about the money. It's about steering my listeners in the right direction. So, um, and no shade whatsoever on any of our past sponsors who we did have to correspond with throughout the year. Like I, those people are amazing. It's, it's just time consuming. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, if we want to take restaurant unstoppable to the next level, we have to, clear our small team's individual schedules from as much as we can so that we can focus on the future. And all I'm doing is lining up on-site interviews between the logistics of travel and coordinating with a videographer and coordinating with other guests in a short period of time when we're on the road. That's a full-time job on top of the actual travel. So if I can sell a year of ad space up front and then only have to focus on feeding the funnel, i.e. awesome restaurant tours on the show, and surround myself with specialists like you who you are becoming a podcast generalist specialist. And then we have Sam who's going to be focusing on building the YouTube aspect. And then we have Casey who has, I want to say 10 plus years of community online community management and entrepreneurism where he's going to be focusing on growing the network and being present in the network, which I admit was my biggest fault I wasn't really present in the network outside of the live Zoom events because that's just how I'm wired. Right. I don't text my mother. I don't talk to my friends on the phone. I'm not a texter and I, and I rather and I'm not great at communicating digitally. So that's a big part of a community management role is is just constantly chatting online, being in your phone, being on a computer. That's not me. That's a community manager, <laughs> you know. I'm a community builder. Yes. And I see that's what I'll, that's what I'll be doing when I'm on the road is, is finding people, recruiting people to this community of badass restaurateurs looking to pay it forward and to transform our industry. And I think that's where I'm best suited is on the road, connecting in, in person, sincerely. Do you guys hear that? This camera is bugging. And this is why we're hiring a videographer. <laughs> Cause that shouldn't have stopped recording. All right. We're recording on the cameras again. Okay. Perfect example of why I need somebody on the road. <laughs> yes. Like, and I tried doing it all myself, but like managing two Sony A series cameras, which are beasts, complicated. It's you need a degree just to figure out how to use these things. They're so complex. And I have two different versions. I have a Sony A seven R four and a Sony A seven four, which you'd think would be pretty similar, but the menus are completely different anyway i'm getting distracted so basically um instead of trying to fragment all my ad space i said hey let's let's bundle all this stuff let's sell a year's worth of audio and say hey i'm gonna give you a hell of a deal on this audio if you take the video too and that's gonna explode yes and i'm going to the most recommended tools on the show and giving them first right of refusal. So we're partnering with the right tools and services. So where we're at now 
we had two sponsors interested, but there was a conflict of interest between the services the sponsors offered. So one sponsor decided to bow out. However, they're still interested in, in sponsoring the podcast, the audio only, which is good news. Uh, that bridge has not been burnt. I could get into details about why it's important to be honest and transparent, but never lie, never be slimy. Just tell the truth and be upfront and honest and you're going to grow. You're going to, you're going to reinforce relationships. So I actually feel like I'm closer to that sponsor that wasn't able to come on with the video than I've ever been because of how honest and transparent and forthcoming I was with them. Just a little lesson there. Just never try to be slimy. I agree. I will say actually real quick, I've been in contact with some of our past sponsors in it in an attempt to, um, get data from them. And, uh, did you just hear that? Yeah. Okay. And some of them have responded by saying that we actually don't have data. We just love and respect Eric and Restaurant Unstoppable. And so I, I don't, you know, I think that if you weren't the kind of person who had this integrity and uh, made the made relationships like your number one priority and not like financials. Yeah. Um, then maybe these people would have extremely detailed ROI because it's like maybe like you know he sucks to work with but the ROI is good so this is why we're doing it. Yeah, let's find. But a in fact, it's the other way around, which is kind of detrimental to, to detrimental to us seeking data. However, it speaks volumes about you and the way you treat business, yeah. quote unquote, business relationships. Well, business is all about relationships. True, you know, uh, and that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. But where we're at right now is we have one sponsor who's committed. They picked up the audio and the video. So that is $100,000 for us for the next 12 months. But we need another $200,000, which sounds like what that sounds like an absurd amount of money to, to sit down and talk with people. But when you take into consideration the cost of travel, because I'm going to these restaurants on site, I'm having somebody with me. So now I basically have to match my salary and I have to, I mean, I would be willing to sleep in my car and I'm sure Sam would be willing to do that too, but I'm not going to do that to Sam. You know, I'm going to make sure he feels safe and comfortable. So the cost of living for, you know, two people on the road. So my cost of living on the road basically doubled and my salary doubled, even yeah. though I'm not seeing half my salary. <laughs> yeah. It's important to emphasize that like the number one reason, a yes, higher quality video done by one dedicated person but also it's the fact that we're on site. Like for my personal podcast, I've interviewed well over a hundred people published well over a hundred episodes since October of 2021. Plug it. It's called indie game international. If you like video games, (laughs) check it out. But the point is I've spent almost nothing because I haven't left my house in order to do it. It can be very affordable to have a podcast. Yes. But if you want to be the best, everyone has an affordable podcast. (laughs) That's the point. Uh, then you know you really gotta you gotta you have to chase it you have to get after it yes and that that costs money and the other thing you need is people who are willing to do it and we know that you're willing to do it yeah now you need funds to fund that person doing it yeah so I mean just between having Sam and I on the road and the travel expenses we're looking at easy I would say hundred and seven or hundred and fifty between the, both of our salaries um and then you got travel like 
I, it's going to be at least $40,000 for the year, 50,000 for the year to travel. And that's being, that's traveling modestly. Right. So right there we're at 200,000 and then there's other costs, you know, the, you, Casey, uh, you know, just the operational expense, the, mm-hmm. the labor costs, um, other than travel, there's the good news is there's very little overhead associated with the podcast. Your web expenses are maybe for 2000 a year, mm-hmm. you know, it's not yeah. bad. Um, but as we've learned on the show, whatever you think it's going to take, it's going to take twice that or at least 50% more. So that's kind of why there's extra cushion there. So we have our cup is overflowing and whatever we don't consider there's cash in the bank for that. Yeah. So what haven't we discussed? We talked about where we're at with sponsorship. We have room for two more sponsors. Um, I'm all, I'm reserving all my ad space to basically people who want to, to take audio and video. Um, if you're a sponsor, potential sponsor, and you're listening to this and you have a hundred thousand dollars you want to burn, let me know. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, but I'm really confident that we're going to get it, but we only have, we're, we're starting. So in the email, if they talk about like this, this entrepreneurial leap you have to take, it's just this faith that you have to have to jump off the cliff and just start. And if you believe in what you're doing, if you believe in the team you have surrounded yourself in, you, you, you know, believe in your vision, your mission, it will never happen unless you just start. And uh, I think they, they call it jumping off the, the bridge in Emith, I think, in your parachute opening. But in traction, they say it's letting go of the vine where you just believe that there's going to be like a floor b- beneath you. Just let go. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're just letting go with $50,000 additional than what we would have had this time last year. We should address why we uh, like actually realistically why we took the break from publishing episodes. For me, realistically, I, I just needed to put I literally needed to slow down to speed up. Right. Uh, and it's this idea of like just being trapped in your business and like you're constantly trying to keep certain balls moving forward. And then the things that you need to do to, to get to that next level, never get done because you're, con- you're trapped in your business, not work and you're not working on your business. Yeah. So, yeah, like we don't take vacations at restaurant and softball. <laughs> I mean, I think during the, uh, December we stopped for a couple of weeks just because of the holiday, but like, and that's only because there's nobody that's willing to talk to us. Right. Like it's like, it's like we can't find interviews because everyone else is out straight with the holidays and, or just like fuck off. It's the holidays. Yeah. So at least since I've joined restaurant unstoppable, we've never stopped to say, okay, when we stop, we're one thing. When we start again, we're going to be something not different, but newer. Yeah. Improved. So that's what we're doing. Additionally, Restaurant Unstoppable is approaching 1,000 episodes. Yeah. So, like, if that's not a time to stop and kind of reevaluate, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Yeah. And it maybe speak to, again, zero shade on anyone who has ever been a guest on Restaurant Unstoppable. But do you want to talk about, like, your idea for, like, you're like, okay, I'm going after the people that I want to talk to the most? Is that something you want to address? Yeah, so it's a combination of, like, uh I got to stay interested. I've got to stay intrigued. I've got to stay passionate about the content that I'm creating to show up in the way that's necessary to create an interesting podcast in my opinion, uh, an, an engaged podcast. So it's a, it's a matter of, okay, what do I need to do that 
is relevant to Restaurant Unstoppable when it comes to working on Restaurant Unstoppable. That's also maybe not, even though I'm not a restaurant, it's still business related. It's universal, i.e. things like profit first, like traction, the entrepreneurial operating system. Things like this that I can be master and implement here at Restaurant Unstoppable and by pursuing these conversations, it's also beneficial to a restaurant. And also the reason why I'm putting these things into my podcast business now is because when I do open a restaurant, I want to use these systems and I want these systems to be universal throughout my businesses. So it's like if I'm opening a restaurant tomorrow, here are the systems, the most basic systems I I'm using, i.e. financial and just business communication and organization. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about where I'm being selfish with my content. And if you look at like other podcasters, people who podcast about podcasting, those mofos do, they got it good. They got it so easy because they get to literally talk about what they're doing. Right. And they, like, whereas I have to live vicariously through my guests. Yeah. And I can't wait till they get to the point where I can start collaborating and opening restaurants. Cause then the show is going to evolve once again. <laughs> okay. Actually I have a question for the audience. If you want to hit us up through any of our, uh, uh, venues via whatever it may be, email, Instagram, let us know. Eric talks a lot about um, the fact that he's not a restaurateur, that um, he basically exactly what he just explained, that like he's taking all this advice, but he doesn't have an, uh, his own business to apply it to. I'm wondering if you're a listener, like would you prefer having one of your quote unquote peers, another person who is in your exact position, be hosting a podcast and doing all the things that Restaurant Unstoppable does just out of pure curiosity? Or do you prefer that Eric is an outsider, quote unquote, coming in and kind of applying a different uh, viewpoint on the things that are discussed? I'm just wondering if you're listening and you have an answer or any kind of insight, like maybe Eric, that that's maybe that's what people like about you. Who knows? But, but honestly speaking, if I open a restaurant tomorrow, I'm not the person, I'm not the operating partner. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I'm, I'm not willing to do it. If I'm being honest with myself, I am not a detail oriented individual. I don't think I have a lot of the necessary skills. I'm not holistic. I'm not a holistic operator in the sense. I'm not a one-stop shop kind of guy. If I'm successful, it's because of surrounding myself with amazing people and using the podcast to, to find people who buy into the vision and want to be a part of it and then investing in them, you know, and, and, and then being like, now I have a restaurant that I own per stake in and part of the, the, the partnership is you, we, we do open book management, but not just within the team to the world, to my listeners. Like here's where we were. We got this new technology. Here's how it affected our numbers. And I want to basically just have like almost like repeat guests, but are my business partners. But like once a quarter, it's like, let's check in. Yeah. What did we change? Like, where were we a quarter ago? Where are we today? And just like literally practice what we preach. That w- that's like my dream is to be a, a restaurant tour that owns steak in multiple restaurants. And I'm the visionary, but I'm, I'm surrounding myself with people who are far more skilled technicians than I am. Yeah. And you have a, and you have a podcasting studio in the back behind the walk-in yeah. where I just hang out and, and conduct interviews and like, that'd be amazing. I mean, the idea, the mission of the restaurant group would be to to take what we're learning and to pay it forward. And it would be all about growing careers and growing people. So actually, do you want to like mention, like maybe throw out like a couple names of like these 
your like all star people that you're going to go for like hmm. like a, for around 1000 episodes like Danny Meyer or you know there's some obvious ones like Danny Meyer open invitation <laughs> like number yep. one recommended book on the show setting the table uh, Rich Melman is another name that's high up on that list um, you know and this is something honestly that I've been struggling with I've been going back and forth there's the A-listers would you believe that the highest downloaded shows that we produce aren't A-listers I mean, they're the unsung heroes, dude. Right. They're the people who are relatable. Right. And here's the thing. I, I, I think there's value in getting those people on the show. If Danny Myers reaches out to me tomorrow, I'm not going to say go pound sand, Danny. Like, <laughs> he's going to get a, He's going to be a guest on the show. Yeah. That being said, I think that having the people who are, have been in business for five years and they're just crushing it are far more relatable than the Danny Myers of the world. Yeah, I agree. And that's what it's about. It's about opening a restaurant today because that's what my my listeners are doing. They're not opening a restaurant in the 80s, and yeah. the world is a lot different. Yeah. And it's also a lot more difficult to get the detailed advice from somebody who's been in business for 60 years. You know, like that's mm-hmm. a lot of time. It's a lot to cover. But if you've been in business for seven years and you've scaled from one to 10 locations in that time, like what can you talk about? Like yeah, how I've, deep can you I've actually never thought about that as someone who works here. So hopefully the listeners realize the value in what, what you're saying. So really what I want to steer the future of Restaurant Unstoppable, what's going to take priority over anything else as far as who we go to get on the show is were you called out by a past guest? I believe success recognizes success. I think that our industry has been tainted and infected by the media and the publicists control the narrative and I think that's kind of fucked up and I want to change that I want the people who are being made an example of to be from the industry the industry should decide who's who's worth making an example of it shouldn't be pay to play if you can afford a publicist that shouldn't be a reason for you to to get notoriety and that's what the truth of the reality I mean I think it's not to say that it's bad to have a publicist but if you have big money, you can get big attention. Yeah. It's that simple. And I and I want it I want to make an example of the people who are in this game for the for the game. To do the work, not to talk about how great they are, but the people who choose just to be great. And those are the people I want to make an example of. And I feel like those people are referred organically through people who know the game and recognize other people who are doing it well. So that's the priority. That's that's what's going to steer the ship. Secondary content is going to be what I'm interested in, but also that I think is relevant. So things that are going to help restaurant unstoppable. So I need to be somewhat selfish where I'm going to put time and energy into learning this. And I think you, my audience will benefit in addition. And then thirdly, I've been thinking about this and this is kind of an announcement. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me, Eric at restaurant But you have to be willing to share 12 months of P&Ls. Now's a great time to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. 
It's no secret that restaurants have been hit hard over the past few years, which means restaurant owners and staff have been working harder than ever. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines, like, can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. With the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and you can choose the voice your guests hear and even send follow up links via text message pop menu answering picks up your phone 24 7 365 days a year allowing you and your team to focus on what matters most prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering and for a limited time my listeners can get 100 off your first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get $100 off for your first month and learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. I need to know that you're fiscally responsible. If you're not being referred to me, I need something that says we know our shit and we want to share it. And if you're willing to do that and if you're willing to do open book management and walk the walk, and share what has moved the needle and there's data to support that. Fuck. Yeah. I will get you on the show. It's funny to, to uh, consider like if they're not, if a guest isn't willing to do those things, then why do they want to be on the show? You know what I mean? Like if they don't want to share with others, what made them successful, but they want to be on a podcast. Why? And it's something I started doing recently, just like this past week where whenever somebody reached out to me with a client, I'm like, this is, I'm like, I'm really trying to prioritize called out guests, people who have referred to me organically, but I'll add your client's name to my list. You know, I'll keep track of them right? in case they are mentioned. I now have a point of contact, mm-hmm. but what I've started to do this week, I said, if they're interested, then have them send me 12 months worth of P and L's. And I don't get a lot of responses. <laughs> have you gotten anyone but it's only you? been a week but okay but i don't think it's so the, the game is so status quo the, the podcasting game the media game it's all fucking fluff dude what's your favorite dick like you know like what's your favorite meal what do you eat when you're at home like that's not what restaurant unstoppable is about <laughs> this isn't yeah. we're a b2b podcast right and most restaurant tours are looking for consumers to promote themselves to it's B to C. So I'm not food and wine, you know, I'm not eater, nothing against those organizations, but which is not us. Yeah. I, uh, I've actually modeled a lot of my own podcast off of restaurant unstoppable and <clears throat> I approach it in a similar way in terms of like interview style and length of time that I speak to the guest and the guests, my guests say the same thing, something similar to like, what you are addressing. And I think I get a similar reaction because I'm modeling myself off of your podcast is they're like, dude, you actually want to talk about indie games. Like you're not here to talk about like shoot a question at me, hear the answer, ask the next question. Like you actually want to have a detailed conversation about video games. And I'm like, yeah, like 
that's why I'm here. I'm not, I don't want a bullet pointed list. Like there's no reason for that to be in a podcast. You know what yeah. I mean? And when you do that, when you take a genuine interest in somebody, they take a genuine interest in you and what you're trying to do, which is another big reason why I take the podcast on the road. Many mm-hmm. times when it was just me and a couple of microphones, I would go with maybe two interviews lined up. I'd go to a city with two interviews lined up because I knew once I got there, the two people I knew would know that I was trying to do something real mm-hmm. and that their networks would open up as soon as I got in their city. And that's what always happens. You go with two interviews lined up, you leave with 10. And that's what happens when you, I think the universe can sniff out bullshit, you know? Yeah. So when you're sincere and you just hustle and you do whatever it takes, the universe, when you let go of the vine yeah, and when you just leap, but you do it with good intention, the parachute opens, the floor shows up. Yeah, I want to share actually one more example that was something I kind of did, kind of modeled after Restaurant Unstoppable. So I'm in the middle of a, a an over a year long project of documenting a person making a video game. He doesn't think it's going to come out until November 2023. So I'm documenting this whole process. In our first interview, I said he lives two and a half hours away from where we live. So for the first interview, I said, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come straight to you with all my recording equipment, we're going to sit down at the same table and we're going to have a conversation. And and I did that just to show him that I'm committed. Mm. Like I will drive two and a half hours with like 50 pounds worth of uh, equipment and interview in a strange place, the Providence public library. You know what I mean? And so when that interview was over, he goes, how far did you have to drive to get here? I was like two and a half hours. He goes, next time let's meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Like I, I maybe I'm not going to ask this random person to meet me somewhere in the middle I'm going to show up so that he sees I'm serious. And then he realizes like, and then we're both just in the same like mutual headspace of let's work together to make this thing good. Yeah. I think it kind of connects in terms of like just showing the person that you're working with, just show up like yeah. what you're saying, like and show that you're committed. People in the restaurant industry are literally hardwired to show up for the people who show up at their doorstep. Right. That's what we do. We make time for the people who are in our city at our restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I knew that too. If I went to a restaurant and started knocking on doors and I'm like, I'm in town for two weeks. Right. I'm eating as a guest in your restaurant right now, but also because I want your attention. There was a little sneakiness there. I know you're going to give me your attention if I'm a guest in your restaurant, but if people reciprocate when you've given time to go to them and to support their business, you know? Yeah. Actually, I have a question for you. I'd be super curious to uh, hear this answer. Um, so, and also quick shout out. So I, I'm a uh, restaurant Apple's editor, like general behind the scenes person, but I too have been in the restaurant industry since I was 15 and I'm technically still in it because I'm working at a place called Vernon family farm in Newfields, New Hampshire. Check them out. They're very cool. Um, but you came to Vernon family farm during a dinner service and you came in and, um, I think Jeremiah introduced you as, you know, a host of restaurant unstoppable. There were some kitchen people there who knew restaurant Apple, who knew you, who you were. And they referred to you as a critic. They're all of a sudden they're like, Oh, they're like, Oh, there's a critic here. Like blah, blah, blah. Like be on your best behavior. They were kind of kidding. But like when you enter a situation like that, do you remember that moment? Like, how did you feel at that moment? It happens all the time. But at the same time, I'm always like, I'm literally not a critic. I'm like, I'm the worst thing from a critic. I'm a student. That's yeah. I'm here to learn from you and to share your wisdom. Like I, I could give, I, I, there is no one way to run a restaurant, right? There's just the way that works for you. 
And if that way works for you and you're making money, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. So I don't criticize restaurants. But like when people say that to you, when they, when they think that they have to act differently toward you because of what you do in a restaurant setting, like how does that make you feel? I mean, how did I handle it? You were there. I think you just like, I mean, everyone was just laughing. Yeah. But to me personally, in the back of my brain, I was like, I kind of feel bad for Eric. Like, that's not what he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's what people assume. Uh, I just tell people the truth. I'm like, I'm not a critic. Like, I'm not a chef. I have too much. Eric, I like the cook. You're not answering the question. I, How I, does it make you feel? Uh, it's awkward, um, but it doesn't make me it doesn't make me feel bad or like frustrated. I just I don't expect people to get it because there's no one else that. I can't say that because there are other people who do what I do now, but for right. the longest time there was no one else doing this. Okay. Um, and it's just like, and it makes me feel a little awkward cause I'm not, I literally couldn't, I'm not going to tear apart your restaurant. Half the interviews I do, I don't even eat their food cause they're open during off hours. Right. And they're like, they feel bad. I'm like, I came here for your story and your advice and I got it. That's why I'm here. I'm not looking for a free meal. Right. Right. Know? That was always one of my biggest fears is that people were going to think I was just looking for a free meal, you know, like, Oh, this is some critic. And like, I, I offer to pay most of the time when I go, sometimes I, I don't offer or, or I forget, but it's usually pretty obvious that they aren't expecting. Yeah. They're like, we're just going to bring you a bunch of food. And I've been there and you always leave a good tip. Yeah. I try to. Sometimes I don't have the cash, but, <laughs> um, okay. We're on recording time. Uh, 48 minutes. Okay, let's think about wrapping this. What do you think? Within the next within the hour? Yeah. Sure. Um so where we're at right now, looking for two more sponsors to match a hundred thousand dollars. Um so a total of three hundred thousand dollars is what we're going for. If you can spread the word, if you want to share this podcast, if you want to put together a little post and say help spread the word about restaurant unstoppable, the more downloads we get, the easier obviously it becomes for us to sell ad space. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to us. We're going to be doing 104 interviews in the next 12 months on site. I need leads. <laughs> I need to feed the funnel. Uh, and obviously, you know, be willing to share your numbers and have the data to support that. Um, I, I'm willing to, I mean, I want to talk before we wrap up, maybe make notes. If you have any place to write, I could probably do yeah. it too. I want to talk about the current sponsor we have why I'm excited about this sponsor. And I also want to talk about the future of the network uh, because I feel like the network has been kind of neglected lately. And I just want to address that. And then I think we can wrap it up. Our 2023 road trip sponsor restaurant systems pro super excited to have this, this company, this organization in our corner. So Restaurant Systems Pro, originally founded by David Scott Peter, one of the most repeat guests on our show. I think he's been on the show five times now. Um, he started that software company to go in conjunction with his coaching and his training. And basically, as somebody who's probably one of the most well-known coaches out there, business coaches out there that I know, who whose his name just keeps coming up time and time again, he wanted to create something that he's teaching people about systems. He's like, I'm just going to create the systems and hand them off to you. Uh, so he started this business. He recruited Fred Langley, who is the current acting CEO of restaurant systems pro. He recruited Fred to basically help him grow the software. 
David kind of lost passion for the software side of things. He's passionate about speaking and coaching. So he sold his portion of the business to Fred. And now David's off coaching and doing what he loves to do is speak and coach in like a public setting. Um, and Fred is taking control of, or has taken control of the software portion of restaurant systems pro. What is restaurant systems pro? It's an enterprise solution. It's basically, so if you're listening to this, you're either somebody who rather go out and hand select each system for your business and have it be standalone, like a standalone app, the app game where you just find different solutions from all over the place, which is an option. Or you go to an enterprise solution, which is one service that offers all the systems you need from accounting to labor management to inventory, you name it, enterprise solution. That's what Restaurant Systems Pro is. And I honestly think that that's the future of the industry, whether it's Restaurant Systems Pro or another enterprise solution. Uh, And I'm going to mention, I feel like because it's so important for me to be transparent, transparently, the number one recommended enterprise solution on the show is Restaurant 365. I'm, I'm addressing this publicly because of integrity because I say that I partner with the most recommended tools on the show. And this is what I told Fred when he said he was interested in sponsoring me. I said, Fred, you're great. But I say out loud often, I I partner with the tools and services that are recommended organically on the show. That's what is important to me. And he just kind of stayed with me, you know, and he kept, he said, well, what if we get people that are mentioned on the show? I'm like, that's an option, but they can't just be anybody that uses your service. Like I'm going to, I need to talk to like high performers. Yeah. So he's like, what if I can get you high performers? And I'm like, if you can get me some badass restaurant tours that can add value as a guest on the show and also are willing to give you a public testimonial, then yeah, of course. Within like two days, he had like six interviews lined up for me with badass restaurant tours who yeah. are, who have, uh, you listen to their episodes. Absolutely. They're great guests. Yes. And I'm like, well, fuck, you know, like, and honestly, uh, so Fred flew me out to uh, Illinois where they had their mastermind every quarter. They, they have a, their elite group of operators who get together to support each other. Um, they basically, they do what a typical mastermind would do. They give each other advice on how they run their business. It's actually really cool. So whoever's hosting that quarterly mastermind session it's anywhere from like 10 to like 25 people that will show up depending on who's available. And they go to all the restaurants that that restaurant tour owns. And they basically like just rip you a new one. They're like, you could be doing this better. You could be doing this better. And it's not in like a, you're not trying to break people down, but it's like, it's all about offering up perspective. That's what a mastermind does. It offers perspective. You get people who bring different strengths and skill sets to the table and you benefit from that. So they do that. And they also go over, uh, restaurant system pro software updates and stuff like that. So I was invited to the session and I was, I was able to connect with four interviews there and I had two interviews on the East coast in New Hampshire and they were awesome people. So, and I was also just super impressed by Fred and how much he gives a fuck, you know, and what he's willing to do, the hours he pulls to show up for their clients and a little context on the world of, enterprise solutions. So you may have heard of C to it. You may have heard of compete. You may have heard of restaurant 365. I'm sure you probably heard of, of restaurant systems pro. So those were the, the, the four or 
yeah, the four major platforms that were probably out there as of like a year ago or two years ago, maybe going back as far as three years ago, Compete bought C2IT. So then there was just Compete and Restaurant 365. Those were the two big dogs. Then Restaurant 365 bought Compete. Sorry. Yeah, Restaurant 365 bought Compete. So now basically Compete, C2IT, and Restaurant 365 are one company. And that's the recipe for a monopoly. You know, so like as as much as people recommend that tool or service, I think it's also important to show people that there's other, like there's there's more out there. And yeah. the last thing we want is monopoly. It's not good for the industry if there's a company, one enterprise solution. Yes. So I mean as I, I just think it just feels right that to be partnering with somebody who who's also trying to grow, who I've seen firsthand give such a fuck for their people. And just to, you, go check out the interviews. I think it was episodes like one or sorry, 912 or on. It's the most recent episodes we did mostly. Um, anyway, I'm, I just can't say how excited I am to be partnering with a company that's growing, that gives a fuck and that wants to see me be successful. And that's a, a big reason why Fred is, is investing in restaurant three or restaurant unstoppable is because he wants, he believes in me. And that means a lot. And I don't want to let him down. So if you guys are interested in an enterprise solution, <laughs> go check out Restaurant Systems Pro. Um, and honestly, I do think that the future is the, you don't open a restaurant and then find a, a tech stack. I think the way that the future is going with our dependency on technology, it's only going to increase with the cost of labor going up. And the, the more restaurants there are, the smaller the hiring pool is. You start with a, a tech stack and you reverse engineer it. You fill the gaps around the tech stack. And I think that Restaurant Systems Pro needs to be right there next to Restaurant 365 if you're looking that direction. If you have not heard of Restaurant Systems Pro yet. Not just because the technology is great, but also it's it's a much more intimate community of restaurateurs, if mm-hmm. I have to say so out loud. That wasn't meant to be a giant plug for Restaurant Systems Pro, but I am truly excited for this partnership going forward. And also, I think that they, my audience is perfect for that that tool. The majority of my listeners are people who have just opened and they realize that they need systems, yeah, or they're about to open and they haven't figured out what their systems are going to be. If you're about to open a restaurant and you haven't scheduled a demo with with Restaurant Systems Pro, like really consider that route of building your stack your 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 tech stack first, and then building a restaurant into it. I think it's a better approach. Yeah. It's kind of random, but it's kind of what we're doing in terms of taking a break. Yeah. Like the fact that you and I went through the YouTube course and like, we're doing all the whole like banner stuff and logo and all these links so that these things are in place when we hit go Mm -hmm. and start making these like high quality video content. Like we're trying to put everything in place before we start. Yeah. Trying to be prepared. Whereas normally, for the past, you know, since I've been here, it's as you go. Just do as good as you can as you go. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to transition to working on the business line in the business and just focusing on what I do. I mean, I think you've grown so much too as a professional just your time here at Restaurant Unstoppable, six years, dude. Uh, and I think you're, I think you're better at podcasting than I am in the sense of your attention to detail to produce. I'm yeah. chaos. My life is chaos. My style is chaos. I show up. I ask, I, I take an interest and I just ask good questions. 
where you're much more planned out and meticulous and structured and organized, you complement Restaurant Unstoppable really well. And I want to give you more freedom to grow in that vertical of like, hey, this is what Restaurant Unstoppable needs. Let's go learn how to do that together. And I work through you. Mm. That's And I think that's what the best restaurant tours do. They, they find people who are better at things than they are. They understand it in case they have to do it in a pinch. But ultimately, they're not doing the technical work. Right. Yeah. So um, we talked about our current sponsor, Restaurant Assistance Pro. If you're interested in an enterprise solution, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. If you do that soon, they're going to give you free free 60-day training. So I highly recommend you don't hesitate because that will be worth it. Yeah. I want to add one more thing. In, in case you're listening to this, uh, and we don't have to get into super uh, a large amount of details, but I am uh, taking on some more roles at Restaurant Unstoppable. So if you get an email from a Jared representing Restaurant Unstoppable, that's me. It might say Space Dreamers. No. <laughs> it should just say Jared. <laughs> it does say Space Dreamers sometimes. It says I will fix that yeah, Re- regardless. So... Um, yeah, so don't think it's weird if you get an email from a Jared. Uh, I am Eric's right-hand man. I am representing Restaurant Unstoppable. So, uh, yeah, just in case that seems weird, yeah. I'm part of the team, and I might email someone involved with this podcast. Yeah, awesome. Uh, the only thing I want to address before we wrap it up is uh, the, the network. So I've been kind of feeling a lot of guilt lately associated with the network because I feel like there are people who are – who have joined the community who are paying their dues and I'm not showing up the same way I was four months ago with multiple live events. Uh, he might. So again, on this idea of, okay, using the, the restaurant parallel, you can't have a business that depends on you. That is a bad business. You need a system dependent organization, not a people dependent organization. And the network for the past two years has been an Eric-dependent organization. If there was a live event in the network, I was there hosting it. There, there couldn't be anything happening in the network that didn't funnel through me, which is the recipe for an, an unsuccessful business. That being said, my vision for the network going further or going into the future is around the same idea of having experts deliver lectures or workshops and connecting my listeners with the tools and services that are being recommended on the show for a place to go check out those tools, to engage with salespeople, to see demos, to talk to other restaurant owners that are using those tools and to build community around all these different options and to get peer support. That's the vision of the network. I need to remove myself from the equation and basically extend trust to the people who've been referred to us organically to contribute in a way that follows the vision and the mission and the standard operating procedures. So that's what we're going to try to build in the network. And Casey is going to help me try to build that. So an example of this would be like Rudy Mick doesn't need Eric Cacciatore to be present to deliver a workshop on how to do something well in a restaurant. True. Kyle and Sarah doesn't need that. You know, so I have this massive network of specialists and I kind of just want to reach out to them and say, my platform is your platform. You can host events, lectures as willingly as you'd like. I don't need to be there. 
and then maybe start reaching out to people. So if people, so if the network, people in the network start reaching out to us and being like, Hey, I have questions about Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Which one should I do? I don't have to have the answer. I just need to have a list of four or five people who do and say, what do you think? And say, here's an hour block to share your opinions. And then what I would like to do with that content is eventually maybe start other shows. If somebody's a repeat contributor and they're taking off and they're, they have good content, maybe that becomes restaurant marketing unstoppable or a restaurant real estate unstoppable or restaurant culture unstoppable, like whatever it is. I think that there's an opportunity to like actually build like a podcast network based off of the people who are coming to us. So that's what I would like to to grow into. But for now it's going to be live events with the tool services and individuals being referred to us. And there might be a few month period before that takes off again to where it was. But if you want to see that happen, if you want that, if this, this description sounds exciting to you, then join the network now because fuck it. We need the, we need the support. We can't, I, I'm trying to, I got to pay people to do this. <laughs> and uh, Casey's basically the agreement with Casey is like, he's just, he's taking all the revenue from the network uh, until it gets to $2,000 a month reoccurring. And then from there, we're going to work on a new plan. Uh, but if you want this tool, then prime the engine because the more cash flow we get from it, the more time Casey can contribute to it. We can get it going sooner. Yeah. And there, there are a bunch of, there, there are a, a handful of like really amazing and responsive people in the network, like people who show up to the events yeah. or just generally willing to discuss Give anything restaurant. So much information away. Yeah. Yeah. I make, I still make myself available every Monday for an hour to basically, it's called coffee with Eric. We're going to call it coffee with friends where it's just to be there. It's like office hours. And then I want to start having regular office hours with some of these consultants. Uh, so there's always going to be an expert available to ask your questions. That sounds awesome. If I was opening a restaurant tomorrow, I'd want that so bad. It's 30 bucks a week or sorry, 30 bucks a month, a dollar a day. You will get your money back. I promise you. Yes. But it's like any other tool. You have to use it. Mm -hmm. I think that's all the big stuff I wanted to discuss today. Um, I want to give a little love to Casey because that, that, that dude just knows how to manage a community. I mean, what he built in Austin, Texas was amazing. 11 over 11,000 followers or group members, a Facebook group that he built called in the weeds of just service professionals in Austin alone, 11,000 professionals. Uh, he ended up selling that to seasoned, which was a, a sister company to hot schedules at the time. And, um, we're in good, we're in good hands with him as a community manager. So, and plus he's, he's a restaurant person. He's been working in restaurants. He owned a bar. He's been working in bars. I think he's picking up some shifts right now. He has a wholesale company where he makes Michelada. He's another restaurant person and he's got a fucking heart of gold. I cannot deny him of that. It's amazing. I want to put out a really random, uh, shout out. Um, if anyone knows a Christopher Storer, the guy who created the bear, <laughs> Oh. We would love to interview him. Yeah. That'd be so he, if he's listening or someone knows him, have him hit us up. Yeah. Forward this, this message to him, the, the, the 30 seconds of him talking, of talking <laughs> about the bear. That was, a, I think they did a great job. Yeah. Show. The show was amazing. I would love to talk to the person who created that, but um, maybe explain what the listeners can expect. Like when this goes live, are we going back to every yeah. Monday, Thursday or um, so when this goes live, 
I think the plan is to have this be Thursday's episode of this week. So it will be going live on the 8th of September. And then my goal is to be producing content every Monday and Thursday. Therefore, um, basically I'm recording content right now in like new England, New York. I'm like hustling, driving all over the, the Northeast for the next month to get content tr- as we've been producing it traditionally, i.e. audio only with still cameras. Then I think we might take a road trip for a week, the week of the 18th. I think the, I think the verdict is New Orleans. We're going back to New Orleans because there were a few people that were recently called out plus some within the past six months. There's a handful of people who were called out. And again, that's the priority. Where are the people who are being called out? I think we can get at least six interviews and that's going to prime the engine. That's going to be those interviews will be shot in the format going forward with a heavy hand on video, but the show itself is going to stay the same. I'm really just trying to add a layer of what's happening on top of that. Why to start explaining the why behind why, where I am and who I'm talking to the thought process and just the cool stuff that happens behind the scenes that, I mean, uh, I live a fucking cool lifestyle, man. <laughs> like I want to yeah. capture that. Like I'm on the road meeting amazing people. I want to share these people's stories. I want to, I want to give a glimpse of reality of what it's like to be in the industry. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say something. Hold on. While you're thinking of it. Wait, wait. So the, the, the other thing in terms of like the video, that additional video layer is also there to allow listeners or watchers to follow along the story of Restaurant Unstoppable and how one interview leads to another yeah. and the place to do that in the future once we start publishing this content soon YouTube. will be on YouTube. So yeah. go to YouTube now, subscribe now Jared's so that so that once all that amazing content that the three of us, me, Eric, and Sam create, once all that starts going up, you'll already you'll just be there receiving it on YouTube and it and we can guarantee that it's going to be great content. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited for that. I'm super, I have a, a ton of hope or faith in Sam's ability. And uh, I just, I, I know the next year is going to be a fucking roller coaster. And this um, is, this is like a real quick example of like what you were just saying in terms of removing yourself from the business. Like, yeah. so Sam and I are kind of more creative roles mm-hmm. at restaurant unstoppable. So just like as a small example, he and I met today on zoom to discuss things that don't necessarily require Eric's attention and this frees you up to do all these work on your business. Type yeah, and so I it's kind of already happening. Like 10 emails today recruiting people to be on the show. And that's really all I should be doing is recruiting people, building the, the community. Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, the content you can expect going forward, we're, we're still trying to figure out. We I want to have the full link to our video episode someplace. I feel like the that needs to live somewhere. There's discussion of whether or not that should be on YouTube because of just algorithms and what performs best on YouTube. But what you can absolutely expect because we're contractually obligated to deliver this going forward is a 15 to 20 minute highlight, like basically a a condensed version of restaurant unstoppable. And I know a lot of you just went fuck. Yeah, because not all of you want to listen to two hour episodes all the time. I get that. So if you want like the, the highlight reel, so it's going to be a cop. It's going to be a combination of B roll and of 
highlights from that interview, from that conversation. Every episode, we're going to be creating one of those. Yeah, you're going to get context, which is something you yeah. don't get from, generally speaking, from podcasts. So what does that look like? We're interviewing somebody and they say, I say, hey, like, what was the, when did you go from like third gear to fourth gear and really start accelerating your business? Oh, when we created our operations manual. Cool. Will you show us that operations manual, the sections, like how you laid it out, the, the, the things that really helped you and why you chose it. Like that's the kind of stuff I want to get into. And that stuff might not be in the interview because it's going to be something we have to pause and stop and then go look at after the recording. So I'm only asking two hours for my guests, but if they're willing to give me six hours, I'll spend the day. We'll go, we'll turn over every rock in that restaurant. Uh, I mean, hopefully that becomes the standard going forward, but like anything else, you just got to start. And then as more and more people opt in, I think that that will become more expected or people will be able to anticipate that. Oh, if Eric's here, he's going to want to see this stuff. Um, <sighs> so more context, more behind the scenes, more narrative. Social media is going to be much better. I hate social media. I'm just, I'll be the first person to admit it. I'm just not built to be creative like that. It's not me. Mm-hmm. So Sam's going to light up our social media. Anything I'm missing? I don't think so. Yeah. We covered the future of the network. We covered the future content. We, I think we covered everything, man. So in terms of audio going forward, Whoever's listening to this right here, right now. Calls to action. That's what we need. We're going to, they're going to expect an episode every Monday, Thursday after they hear this. Yes. Cool. That the goal is two episodes a week. I will not publish two episodes a week for the sake of publishing content. Going right. Forward. If we go to a city with the expectation to get 12 interviews and we end up with eight, then we might have four weeks with one episode. And I'm willing to, Take that hit versus putting out garbage and just rushing to to make quotas. Yes. Um, but the goal is two a week. Help us make it happen. So I think the calls to action. One, if you haven't subscribed to the Restaurant Unstoppable YouTube channel yet, head over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable. Subscribe. Two, if you're in the market for some systems and processes, you recognize that your business needs systems and processes. I highly recommend you check out Restaurant Systems Pro. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash RSP. And I, I'm telling you, you will feel loved. When you get there, they will give you all the attention you need and they'll be so happy to take care of you. That's restaurantstoppable.com slash RSP. And if you use that link soon, there's 60-day training that's happening right now which is totally worth it. So I'm also going to be interviewing somebody who's going through that training right now to talk about the before and after. We're going to try to get a testimonial, somebody going through the process. And then, so we have the YouTube call to action. We have the restaurant systems pro call to action. And then lastly, if you're interested in being a guest in the show, email me, Eric at restaurant unstoppable. Send me your P and L's. I want to know what your percentage of profit is. And it sounds intrusive, but honestly speaking, man, I don't, I'm not good about talking about, the, I'm not good at talking about the numbers. It's because we don't enough. And I want to get into that more. I want to understand fiscal 
responsibility on a deeper level. And I think my listeners want that as well. So reach out to me if you think you should be a guest on the show. I think that's it, man. I think so. I'm psyched. Yeah. The future is going to be fucking awesome. I keep on swearing. I apologize to the listeners. But um, they work in kitchens. I'm sure they're yeah, used to what, it. That's, that's, the, that's my excuse. Too much kitchen work. I think it's speaking of the bear. I think it's funny when you talk to someone who does who do, has never worked in a kitchen and they watch the bear. They're like, they're always screaming and swearing. And I'm like, yeah, they're in a kitchen. Yeah, that's <laughs> like right. they're in a busy kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was a great show. Uh, I think we can wrap it. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. I apologize for not publishing three weeks or sorry, a week, three episodes worth of content, a week and a half. But we've been busy. I promise you, we haven't slowed down in the back end. Lots of things happening. Uh, I'm confident that we'll pick up the extra two sponsors. Um, but just start, you know, mm-hmm. start creating and start showing the sponsors what we say we're going to do. Just start doing it. Yep. We got a killer team now and we are ready to execute. Yes, sir. I think. All right. Well, thank you for helping me record this. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And um, thank you for your support. If you have been supporting and will continue to support the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. Don't forget to uh, rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. That would help us out greatly. Yes. All right. Later. That's it. Later. (laughs) 